This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. When we were children, we had a tendency to excuse our bad behaviors or even to project or shift blame when we were caught doing something we know we shouldn't have been doing. It's only with maturity that we become willing to accept responsibility for our actions. As a mentor and friend, the late Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole, the founder of the Christian Men's Network, used to say, maturity is not based on age, but on the willingness to accept responsibility. Personally, I believe it's a lifelong challenge to decide which choices we will make and what our character will be when we're confronted with our own human frailty. We all make mistakes, but what do we do after that mistake has been brought to light? If we are honest with God and with ourselves, we can grow in maturity in those moments. I call them life lessons. You see, every life experience can become a life lesson that becomes part of our life message. Or, like children, we can try to shift blame to someone or something else. In my early years of ministry, I was intrigued with the meaning and correlation of the following scriptures. Jeremiah 31, verse 29 and 30 says, In those days they shall say no more. The fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. Ezekiel 18.2 says similarly, What do you mean when you use this proverb? The fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. In fact, if you go through those chapters in Jeremiah chapter 31 and Ezekiel 18, it lays it out for us, but for the sake of brevity, I'm not, I'm not going to attempt to go line upon line explaining all the surrounding verses that provide the context of these scriptures but I do want to encourage you to read those chapters on your own. Here's the breakdown. It's saying, in other words, don't say this Proverbs. Don't say this anymore. Don't don't, uh, hide behind this. Don't compensate uh, in your own choices or don't take responsibility for your own choices because to say, my fathers have eaten of sour grapes or the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge, what it's saying is, look, you can no longer make excuses for something that has been done in the past. We can't blame our parents. We can't blame our, our upbringing. We can't blame what others have done on us. In fact, I, I quote often about the, the book by David Wilkerson called Have You Felt Like Giving Up Lately? And he says that, that it's always the wrong people on the cross. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. He didn't say take up his cross, but take up your cross. That means we all have a cross to bear at times in life. We have choices to make. And the choices we make in every given moment when we're confronted with the truth has everything to do with either expediting or inhibiting us from the future that God has for us. God has a future of good and not of evil. His desire is for us to go beyond those moments of challenges in our lives, uh, adversities, challenges, that things have been done against us. And when we look at our past, because we can say, you know, because I was born in this country, or I was born in that country, or I was born in a dysfunctional home, or I was born in a situation and circumstance, and to even say, you don't understand because you weren't in my shoes. That is so true. But yet Jesus, who has been in our shoes, understands everything we go through. And through Christ, we no longer have the excuse of what's been done to us or what we haven't done. We can't allow the roots of bitterness to dictate to us our response. We have now this place of being a new creature in Christ. We have this opportunity that, we, that the Scripture says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He that is in me is greater than he that's of the world. 
if the word is true and the word does work, then we don't have to rely on circumstances, situations, or dysfunctional past when we have today to look and fix our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. So when I look at these scriptures and, and the breakdown of these scriptures, it's really saying this. When you're confronted with making a decision, you can no longer use the excuse, I'm this way because, or it's because my dad did or did not do, or because my mom did not do or did, or because I was born in this place or that place, I was born in, in the wrong environment. All those are excuses, but we have to come to the place that we no longer make excuses for what choices we make today, because today the choices we make in the Lord determine our future. And, you know, it says also that we cannot justify, basically, or rationalize, or excuse, or project our own actions or sins upon others. We have to take personal responsibility. Again, maturity is not based on age, but on the willingness to accept responsibility. We cannot justify, rationalize, excuse, or project our own actions or sins upon others. The choices I make cannot be justified because of my parents or my childhood circumstances or my past. I cannot change my past, but the decisions I make personally every day when confronted with the truth determines my future. Yes, I may have had some challenging and difficult times growing up in my personal life. I was born in Japan. My mother was Japanese. My dad was in the military at the time went through some challenges being in, in, in the 1950s, uh, just after the Korean War, and of course, after World War II, there, were, there was a stigma for me being born uh, with a mother, mother that was Japanese, but having an American father. And I have to tell you this funny story, because um, uh, when I was about 10 years old, my mother and father went through a divorce after my father got out of the military. Uh, my stepdad was also in the military, so he was stationed in Japan when I was 15, so I got to go to high school in Japan and to an American school there. But uh, I remember growing up, people saying, are you Chinese, Japanese, Hispanic, what are you? And it was kind of funny. And so when I went to Japan at age 15, I thought, well, for sure, my Japanese relatives will recognize that I'm, I'm half Japanese. And it was the funniest thing, because going there, we had people from all over the world in the military base there. I was, uh, my dad was state, my stepdad stationed at a, at a naval air station, but they bust us to an army high school. So we had kids from all different backgrounds, different ethnicities, which I believe God was preparing me for, what I, for my future as I began to associate with crossing denominational racial lines, so to speak, when we were people from all different nations coming together, different ethnicities, and coming together at this American school. It was preparing me for my future in ministry that I didn't even realize then. But when I got to Japan and I thought for sure my Japanese relatives would recognize that I'm part Japanese, um, even some of them said, oh, you look like gaijin, and that means you look like a foreigner. So I jokingly said, you know, well, you know, I don't fit in anywhere. I need to start my own country somewhere. And then one day I realized that there's a place where everybody looks just like me, Hawaii. So I always joke that I like to suffer for Jesus in Hawaii. All of us are looking for identity, as I've shared in a previous podcast on the need for a father's love. We're all looking for that affirmation, approval, and acceptance. We're looking for that place of identity. And the socialization of our family brings us in that place of stability and identity. But when we've been wounded or hurt, we can carry these roots of bitterness that inhibit us. And if we're not careful, we want to blame shift and point the finger at everybody else for why we are the way we are. You see, when we make a decision, good or bad, that's our decision. 
And no matter what our background has been, where we were born, what our circumstances, you know, my dad and stepdad being military, were both alcoholics. Uh, thank God they both came to Christ later. But uh, at times you didn't know there was a powder keg at times in our relationships at home. People would even say, well, you grew up in a dysfunctional family. You know, that could be said, that's a label and a stigma that the world puts on us, but we don't have to carry those anymore. When we come to the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection, we don't have to carry or own those stigmas. I'm not who my environment has created me to be. I'm not who someone says about me. You know, we used to say, sticks and stones may break our bones, but words will never hurt. The reality is, that's not true. Words do hurt. But in Christ, we have the capacity now to speak words of life. We have the capacity to make right choices. In fact, Scripture says very clearly, you have before you life and death. This day, choose life. The reality is we can choose life in Christ, and we're not held back to the circumstances of our past. We're not held back by our environment. We're not held back by our ethnicity. We're not held back by dysfunction. We're not held back by good or bad choices. We're not held back by what was propagated against us or perpetrated against us or us against others. We are only responsible now through Christ for the decisions we make right now. Again, we can't change our past. But the decisions we make every day determine our future. I love how it goes on to say in Ezekiel uh, chapter 18, verse 19 and 20, Yet you say, why should the Son not bear the guilt of the Father? Because the Son has done what is lawful and right and has kept all my statutes and done them, he shall surely live. The soul who sins shall die. The Son shall not bear the guilt of the Father, nor the Father bear the guilt of the Son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. In other words, again, I can't blame the fact that my dad, who was an underwater demolition frogman during the Korean War, later became known as Navy SEALs during the Vietnam War. I can't blame the wars. I can't blame circumstances where I was born. I can't say I'm dysfunctional. I don't take responsibility for what the choices I make today because of them. I can't do that. Or because they were alcohol. So I become uh, addicted to drugs or alcohol. Well, that's because I grew up in a dysfunctional home or because my dad and stepdad were, had addictive behavior. No, I can't project or I can't say because the fathers were a certain way or the fathers ate of sour grapes, the children's teeth are set on edge. I can't say that. I'm responsible at the place of coming to the revelation of the truth, because whom the Lord sets free is free indeed, and the truth shall set us free. If we truly believe the truth, that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by Him, He is our truth at the point of confrontation at our Mount Sinai in life, in the deserts of our life. When we go through the desert, we're confronted with a Mount Sinai, the place of the giving of the truth, the commands of God, in the spiritual context, the Lord is giving us opportunities to be confronted through His Word, character, nature, Word, and Spirit to be confronted with the truth. And the truth, when we receive it and we love the truth more than our personal preferences, when we make a choice based on the love of truth, then we are guaranteed a future of good and not of evil. We're guaranteed a place of destiny and a place of possessing the land of promise that God has for us. But if we continue to go around the mountain excusing ourselves, we cannot justify by excuse well, we, with the choices that we make, we need to be justified by faith, not by our excuses. So in other words, we can no longer uh, let the sour grapes in our lives cause us to have our teeth set on edge. When I was in the fitness business back in the late 70s, early 80s, and when I first came to Houston, 
uh, there was a quote that I often used, success requires no apologies and failure permits no alibis. The quote is from the author Napoleon Hill, and his words can be applied to just about any facet in our life's journey. Regardless of our heritage, regardless of where we were born, regardless of our relationship with our parents or lack of relationship with our parents, regardless of what they did or did not do, regardless of our backgrounds or other circumstances we were confronted throughout our life, we cannot be limited by them. The choices are, are, are mine and mine alone and yours and yours alone. And Scripture reminds us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So again, looking back at this quote of Napoleon Hill that I used to use in the fitness context, I would say, look, uh, success requires no apologies, and failure permits no alibis. In other words, there's no excuse. When people would come to me in the fitness business and they'd want to uh, get their goals together to, to, to lose weight or gain weight or build muscle or whatever their, their goal was, they always had excuses. And I remember even back then, I said, you will always afford what you really want. And I gave them the example, look, for example, if you wanted to get a new car or you wanted to buy a new outfit, you're going to find a way to afford it because that's something you really apply to passionately that you want. I even say that today for Christians, that you will always give your life to or commit to what you really want. If we're really passionate about God and we really have a heart for God to do a work in us, to do a work through us, that we'll make the right choices of investment of our time, talent, and resources and giftings to accomplish that passion. Too often, though, we make excuses. I can't, I can't, I can't. You don't understand. You know, I I grew up, I'm not that smart. Or I I don't have enough. I don't have enough money. I'm not good-looking enough. I love what Genesis 3 talks about when it says that in Genesis 3 that they made excuses, they put fig leaves on. And the Lord said to them, where are you? And and they would make excuses. Well, we, we sinned and we were ashamed, and so we had to hide behind these fig leaves. And the Lord said, who told you you were naked? And that's a great question. Where are you, the Lord said, and then who told you this? Who told you this about yourself? In the Lord, we're not naked. We're not uncovered. We're protected. We're guided. And, and when we come to that revelation that the Lord is looking out for us, then we can no longer allow the voices of others and naysayers and people to dictate to us who we are. We are who Christ says we are. I am who Christ says I am. And if I fix my heart and my, li- my life and my eyes and my thoughts on Him, then He gives me that place of peace and that place of guidance and direction. So who told you that you're not smart enough? Who told you that, that, uh, that you're not good enough? Who told you that you're not good-looking enough? Who told you that because of the way you grew up that you, you'll never accomplish anything? I have a, a good friend who's going to be speaking at our October Global Summit for Somebody Cares. His name is Roger Helley. And during the Vietnam War, uh, he was bayoneted. Well, he was blown up by a hand grenade, shot twice and bayoneted all in a few moments, left him to die. They finally got him to a MASH unit. 72 major shrapnel wounds in his body. He was so, uh, so, uh, his body was so swollen that even his twin brother, when he came by, walked right by him and said to the, to the medic, where's my, where's my brother? And when they pointed to him, he fell down and wept. My friend Roger, in his mind, could not speak. They didn't even know if he was cognizant. He could not speak with his mouth, but he heard his brother. He could see barely through his, his closed eyes. And he said, God, If there is a God, if you let me live, I'll serve you all the days of my life. 
He went through the process of getting the, his wounds were scrubbed open every day. They couldn't sew them up. They couldn't stitch them up because of the potential infection and gangrene. So every day, a couple of times a day, they would, they would have to come and open up his wounds, clean them out. And he said the pain was excruciating. But after a while, the infection left. And after a while, the pain would leave. And after a while, they were able to sew them up. And he says, you know, eventually the pain leaves when the infection leaves, the pain leaves. They sewed him up, and eventually all you have is a scar and a memory. Listen to the voice of your Heavenly Father, as I shared in a previous podcast on the need for a father's love. When he got to that place of coming to revelation of who Christ was, and he began to go through the healing process, and realized he didn't have to have any amputations. They told him he would never have children because of, of all the, the shrapnel wounds and everything else from the hand grenade and the, and the bullet wounds and the, and, the, um, and the bayoneting. Later, when he got married, he ended up starting a teen challenge in, in uh, Ohio and another one in Idaho, uh, in, in Iowa and in Idaho. And, uh, and then he ended up uh, running a teen challenge, a family training center for families in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where he just retired not too long ago. But all these decades, he had two beautiful children, a beautiful wife, began to help others that were in need because he began to sow into other people's lives of dysfunction, help them to find their identity in Christ, and that brought healing in his own life. Yes, he still has the scars of the past, of the things his dad used to say, the literal scars of all the shrapnel wounds. Those are realities, but the pain is gone Because God takes the infection out of our hearts, the infection out of our lives, the sin out of our lives, and gives us a purpose that we could never have on our own. Don't listen to others telling you that you're naked. Don't listen to others saying you don't have enough, that your environment, your past, uh, because your parents or others set an environment of sour grapes that your teeth are set on edge. Don't let the, the choices or the words or the environments of your past dictate to who you are or your future. In fact, I love what D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, used to say, there are no limitations to those who've been in the presence of the Lord. No matter what your past has been, no matter what has been said to you, no matter what you've done or have not done, the sins of omission or the sins of a commission, no matter what has happened, don't allow who you are today to be written by those who've done or have not done things for you. Make your choice today, because in Christ you can do all things. So no longer should we let the sour grapes of our lives cause us to have our teeth set on edge. May we all move away from making excuses and projecting our own frustrations and others. Life is way too precious and short to be wasted away. In the complexity of the world we live in today, may we all emulate the characteristics of the kingdom of God and let our light shine in such a way that others may see Christ and bring glory to the Father in heaven. You know, when I look at the even renewing our own spiritual vitality in context of what the Lord is trying to teach us through Ezekiel and Jeremiah and, and, uh, and Genesis, I'm thinking about this because Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12 through 17 is a great conclusion to today's podcast. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Don't let your past cause your life to be a limp or dislocated. Find your healing in the Lord. Ruben Sanchez uh, and his wife have been part of our ministry for over 30 years now. When Ruben first came to me, his wife heard me on the radio and wanted to come hear me speak at a teen challenge. They came, became part of our ministry. 
Ruben was carrying a lot of chips on his shoulders. You see, when he was only five years old, his father was killed. There was some sort of drug or gang activity. Uh, he doesn't know all the, tr- all the complete story. So Reuben, his whole life, had to deal with stepfathers and men coming into the life of his, of his family and people he had to look up to and had no real godly role models. And so later, he would carry out this bitterness and wounds in his life. He would look at people, what are you looking at? Looking at me? And he, he'd get angry at people, and they're thinking, wait, wait a minute, you know, what, are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? I'm not even, I don't even notice you. But he carried this chip on his shoulder out of woundedness and, and bitterness. And you see, he had to come to the revelation that Christ in his life can change his past, and he could make right choices today. And it doesn't matter what other people say or do against you, you make the right choice. You see, even for me, for a couple of years, I lived in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and my mom and I went out to an Italian restaurant. And at that time, there was still a stigma, you know, the, the World War II, the Japanese and the Korean War. And some people at that particular restaurant uh, didn't like the fact that these Asians had walked in. And, and so I remember this one person who worked there would not serve my mother and me and said, why don't you go back to where you belong? And we left. It really hurt us. But some people heard about it, ended up in the papers and and the Green Bay Packers ended up hearing about the old days of Ray Nitschke, Paul Horning, Willie Wood, uh, Bart Starr, Vince Lombardi back in the early 60s. And yet people heard about it. And they, the owner of the restaurant ended up calling my mom, inviting her to come apologize for what had happened and gave her a job. I learned early and young in my life, don't let the problems of others be projected on me. I can't let their sins be projected on me. I am who I am, and I'm not, it's not based on what they say about me, what they think about me. And so I, and to this day, I love Italian food. So I'm not mad we're in an Italian restaurant, would not serve us. I'm not going to stop eating Italian food or projecting on other people. If that person has an issue, it's that person, not a whole group of people. And so the same is true for us today. And so Reuben came around the ministry, we had to walk through those things. Well, he had dropped out of school. He had an eighth grade education. He had a lot of woundedness and bitterness and pains from his past. Didn't feel like he could ever accomplish it. He tried doing a GED a few times, failed every time. Yet the, but I realized Reuben was, was sharp. He was smart. He was intelligent. So I kept encouraging him to go get his GED again. He says, I can't. I failed it so many times already. I said, that's before you were totally sold out for God and came to the revelation of the truth. In Christ today, God's going to change your mind. Get into the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Begin to let God change your character, change your thinking, change your life. Give you a a place of expectation in Him and not disappointments in your past or the things that others have said about you or, or the circumstances of your past. God changes all that. So he went in, got his GED, and he passed with flying colors. We did a kind of a ceremony graduation for him at one of our Bible studies. Today, Reuben is a brilliant young man, started a family business, True Light Gas Products, outdoor kitchens, anything to do with gas products. He's a, he's a consultant for the gas company and the electric company here in, in Houston, and people come to him as a consultant in the areas of gas, anything to do with gas products, lighting, lights, Stoves, gas products, outdoor kitchens, even companies hiring him to go and do to to build uh, to build outdoor kitchens or fireplaces. And yet, here's a person who was told, and if you were to believe the lie, who told you you were naked, Reuben? Who told you you couldn't do it? If he believed those lies, he'd still be wallying in his bitterness and wounds, and eat and having his teeth set on edge because he said others have eaten sour grapes and caused me to be who I am. He didn't listen to those lies anymore. 
he fixed his eyes on the Lord, God changed his capacity. God gave him favor because if God be for you, who can be against you? So I love that. So it goes on to say in verse 14 of Hebrews chapter 12, pursue peace with all people and holiness. Don't let your, your issues of the past keep you from being who God has you for the future. Don't let woundedness and bitterness or even prejudices keep you from being who God's called you. And no matter what people said about you, you're not limited by those things. You are who God says you are. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. I want to see God. And verse 15 says, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. It goes on to talk about Esau, who for one morsel of, of flesh, or one morsel of, 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 uh, of flesh or sexual appetite is equated to, he gave up his very birthright. Look, God has given you an inheritance and a birthright. God has given me an inheritance and a birthright. Colossians 1, 12 says, Give thanks to the Father who has given you an inheritance, who has sealed you by, who has who's brought you to himself and given you this inheritance as children of the light. So the reality is if God has given you something, Let's not squander it by what others have said or not done for us or what circumstances of the past. Let's be who God's called us to be. Don't let bitterness and wounds come and give us a skewed view of things. Let us see things the way God sees it. Cross our racial denominational lines. Meet at the cross of Christ to be that coat of many colors God has called us to be. We don't want to be fornicators in a spiritual context. We don't want to be profane people like Esau who gave up everything for one moment of satisfying his flesh. Let's, the flesh wars against the Spirit, but the Spirit can rule over the flesh if we allow the Holy Spirit to dwell us, to heal us, and to help us get past our wounds and bitternesses. And remember, it's always the wrong person on the cross. Don't stay on the cross. Jesus went there for you already. And the people that may have wounded you or hurt you or said something, they've gone about their lives. They've forgotten you. And yet we're still set at that very place of the wound. Don't let other people's sins keep you from the destiny God has for you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.